Walker live on the City Champions podcast, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. ATV, ATB, that's the one. Sitting here with Carmen Choney. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me. You were just in the middle of telling a fantastic story about where you just came from, and I hadn't hit recording time, so let's start over. Where'd you come from, Carmen? <laughs> well, I just came from the Sturgeon Hospital. Yeah? What was happening there? Um, I have a brand new niece that was born this morning. Congratulations. Thank you. She's perfect. Yes. Just like her sister. <laughs> Um, who is at day home who I will get afterwards so she can come and have a sleepover at my house. Oh. She probably thinks that this is like a thing she should have a sibling all the time because that means she can have a sleepover at my house. Yeah. I'm going to have to work on that. Anyways. <laughs> Got to set the ground rules. Exactly. Right? I left there. Uh, this is where the good part is. And I was late to see you because I had to drop off a placenta. So words I've never used before. I'm guessing this isn't like you don't run like an Uber placenta delivery service. What the hell were you doing? I with this don't. Placenta? You know what? There could be some good money in that because it has to be cold. <laughs> it has and to be fresh. Yeah, it's got to be on ice. So like by the time the ice, what was it you in? Know, Shane, was it in a cooler? It looks like you know when you buy honey like in the bigger, um, like not the small little guys, but the bigger things. They'll say you buy it like. From the Hutterites? Have you ever bought honey Do from I the Hutterites? Do I look like the type of guy that buys honey from the Hutterites? Seriously? No. Question. No? No. I imagine a big, lot, a, big, yeah. a big jar. Um, yeah. Bigger. Bigger like than a bigger, bigger jar. Okay. Couple liters. Let's say four liters. A four liter container. Okay. That seems about right. And it's on ice. Oh, so they just cram that sucker full of ice? Yeah. And then drop the placenta in? Yep. How big is it? Is it like a, is it like a big booger? I like, didn't open it to look. Oh, you don't no, see inside. No, you don't. Oh, so I so. mean, a little bit of me was curious about it, but that's what YouTube is for. Well, I'd be freaked out like you open it and all of a sudden it just like, like alien. Just <laughs> well, I didn't know like how do you drive with it? Like I put it on my floor just in case something happened, but yeah. like, do you seatbelt it in? Cause what if that thing tips over? Like, yeah. I mean, that'd be a good seal. I would think that it would have a good seal on it, but what if it didn't? I would, what would I have done? I would have jammed it between the passenger seat and the back seat and like put all the, put the passenger seat all the way back. Well, I drive an F-150, so that would have been hard to do. But I do have a yeah, car seat. Yeah, at least you didn't just throw it in the flat. <laughs> I have a car seat. I could have put it in the car seat. That would have made for there you go. a good time. Oh, I once upon well. a time put a gnome in a car seat. Okay, so what do they do with this placenta? Explain it. Because they, Kate, I know that Katie Holmes ate hers. Most, well, it's was, was kind of a new thing to do, but you, you can turn it into capsules or you can dry it like jerky. Like placenta jerky. Yeah. <laughs> terror though like I wonder now I mean this is curious things that I can ask after it comes back but it's not like, still in the car right you dropped it off I dropped it off okay I thought I would bring it here just for entertainment sake could have thrown we could have, have, we could have thrown in the deep freeze we have a deep yes. freeze <laughs> sitting here with Carmen and placenta how are we doing today <laughs> we could have named it like a I don't know Pippi Pippi the oh, placenta oh that's smart wow this is the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> I could do better, I promise. <laughs> if you had time, if it was staring you in the face, you could have come up with it. Anyway, well, that's cool. That's an interesting uh, Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, like those are words I've never said. Like, I'll be there in a few minutes, but I got to drop a placenta off first. Just doing a placenta delivery. But I think you're onto something with the Uber. Like, yeah. Well, how many could there possibly be? How many placentas are, are getting transferred day to day? Lots. How hey, many kids are born in a day? Ask Google. I don't know. A lot. A in, lot. In, at the Sturgeon right now, yeah. Lindsay got a room because like they're full. Yeah. So they're like now putting people in like semi-private rooms. So she got a full room. She got a private room because they're full. Right. So that's at least, tw uh, I think there's 24 rooms in there. Okay. 
So say that's 24 a day. Yeah. That's one hospital. And there's... How many main major hospitals are there? Five or six. Okay. So it's like, it wouldn't be a make or break for the business, but it would certainly be an addition to Uber. Like they could sign up and be like, hey, we also offer this value service for you. Also, you could have, get into business with the girl that freezes all the... Yeah. And then yeah, you take one from one hospital just straight to that girl. And then you don't have to be running around. So the girl who freezes it or processes it? Both. Okay. Same person? Both, yeah. She does both? Okay. Yeah. Wow. How do you get into that? Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. How do you just suddenly decide? She was doing like, research like, and she's like, hey, I can make money off this. Probably. Tough times. Maybe economic downturn of OH. She's really <laughs> looking for a new career. Or she had a lot of girlfriends having babies at that time. And she thought. Yeah. Or she was having a lot of babies. Maybe. All valid points. So would they, do they ever sell it for other people? Or is it only ever consumed within the family? I would think that you could, but I would think it would have to go to the family and then the family could make that decision. Well, yeah, or, or unless you get some really sketchy because, black market placenta um, shit. You can donate your breast milk. Yeah. So maybe you can donate your placenta. Where does that go, Starbucks? <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes you get it and just curdles that's, a little on top. You just <laughs> never know what you got. That's the real bougie Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where you're like Dubai Starbucks. Yeah. Like breast milk. That's a there. special order. Well, okay, enough. Enough of this. <laughs> you enough brought this it up. And I know. Well, I wanted to know. And now I know. And now I don't have to ask the question again, <laughs> ever. Um, why did I bring you here today? Carmen, you've, you live an interesting life. And actually, shout out to Dean Guido for making the initial introduction. Oh, he'll love that. Shout out to Jelena Murjanovic for making the secondary <laughs> yes. introduction when you showed up and learned who I was and was like, shit, I owe you a, owe you a phone I'm call. I'm so sorry about that. No, this but is But you know perfect. what? That is the introduction to my life. Yeah. I you can't just, make plans. I just don't make plans. High-flying, world-traveling, country boot-stomping... Um, Blonde bombshell. Oh, boom! I love that. Oh, that was that was a lot of strings in. <laughs> um, okay, so I wanted to bring you on because I want to talk about your interesting life. Um, and so maybe for the people who don't know, can you explain sort of in a nutshell what it is that you do, and then and then I've got a plan from there. Okay, in a nutshell, I am a tour manager and a day to day manager for a country singer named Jess Moskluke. Mm -hmm. And then I also manage a few other artists on the label MDM Recordings. Mm -hmm. And then I'm kind of the logistics queen. I do all of the bookings of flights and hotels and um, buses and I do merchandise and I do photos and I'm kind of the, the image girl for the company. And, Right. So that's all the MDM recording artists, yeah. right? Okay. So in a typical year, which mm -hmm. is probably no such thing in your life, but if you were to carve out a typical year, how many separate tours would you be responsible for? Well, in a typical year, I'm pretty much on the road from April to September off and on. Usually there's a cross country, uh, like cross Canada tour in that. It'll mm -hmm. take five or six weeks. Um, but that's not always. That's like we do a lot of one-offs. We do a lot of like fly out Thursday, fly back Monday, mm -hmm. home Tuesday, Wednesday. And I would say, well, to put it into perspective, I am 75K with Air Canada, which means I've taken at least 75 flights on Air Canada alone this year. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's impressive. What year? What month are we in? Nine. So that's, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah I'm hoping, <laughs> so now said that's like eight a month. Funny enough, his last night I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could get another... 20 in by December. What does that like, get you to? The 100K club? Yeah. And then and you just get bumped up more often. Like 75K, you get 
move to first class a lot. Yeah. You, if you like thirty five k, you automatically get your bags taken care of, and we, that's we, kind of the most important. Yeah, the bags that's key because now they've cut back, right? Like, yeah, who still Air Canada still does one free bag. Yeah, yeah, but two, you got second, you got to pay for WestJet. There's no check bags for free. That's right, twenty five bucks. So when they bump you up, when does that happen? When you check in at the gate, or does it happen on the plane? Unfortunately, it happens when you get to the gate. So usually, you've just gone to Booster Juice and got your juice oh, and your sandwich yeah. and then you get there and they upgrade you so then you get on the plane and drink <laughs> yeah as long as you're going there one way but the problem is that i always get bumped coming back yeah which i'm parked at the airport so that doesn't help me because oh. i can't drink all of their wine that's shitty yeah yeah they need a car service there to get you home <laughs> i guess i could always <laughs> for, uber for drunk but you arrivals. don't know exactly well, but you, you don't, don't want to go back to the airport right yeah and i don't know when that's gonna happen well, I asked because last flight I took with uh, the producer I work with, Adam, he he's a WestJet whatever plus member, gold member. Mm-hmm. And we were literally a row apart across the aisle from one another. And we were talking like right before the flight took off. We were chatting about business and like about the trip to Toronto and things were good. And and uh, the stewardess comes and goes, oh, excuse me, are you Mr. Scourging? And he goes, yeah, I am. She goes, oh, um, I just wanted to let you know we've got a seat available up in uh, Economy Plus or whatever WestJet calls it. Um, if you if you'd like to come up, it'll, it'll be a better experience for you. And then she kind of looks at me and, and then kind of like shifts her <laughs> eyes and she goes, "Oh, are you with him?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, we're flying together." She goes, "I don't have another seat up there." And he goes, "Ouch, that's okay. I'll see you later." <laughs> and just waves. No. But I was like, "All right." Like I've noticed lately though that they like I don't know how they decide, but the last few flights I've been on, there's been like a mom and two kids in first class. So yeah. I don't know if they think that like they isolate them from the rest of the plane and that's better. Yeah. I don't know, but that's- So the mom would, would have paid, the family would have paid for two first class Or they got days. bumped up. Oh. Like that, what it looked like to me is that they bumped up a family. See, that's really dangerous because once you get that taste of first class lifestyle, then it sucks. you can't go back. It sucks. Not that I've ever had it actually. You know what else is like that? Flying private and then having to fly commercial the next day. Been there, done oh, the that. the next day, that that's rough. sucks. Yeah. That's way worse. I can see that. Yeah, I've had, I've had a couple private flights and you don't want to go back to commercial. No. Especially when you pull up onto the runway and just walk on a, onto the jetway and up the stairs and yep. yeah, that's the life. The Learjet life, it's the, it is the life. <laughs> but that's not typical for no, you, is that's it? Not, that's not my other life. <laughs> until the uh, until the country starts start really going yeah. in, fully international, exactly. global, right? Are they, have you ever done any tours like across, overseas? Uh, well, we've just tapped into the Australian market. We okay. just signed a record deal there. So that's Keith Urban blazing the trail down there. He really is. Yeah. And he really has in many ways. And his first manager was a good friend of mine who just passed away this year. But oh. he, he started his own festival and his mm-hmm. son's now carrying it on. And it's a completely different market than ours. So it's kind of nice to be getting in early, if yep. you will. Um, country is hot, but it, there's not a lot. Like there's only one one station to get your videos on, right? Which Jess is now on, so that's super helpful. So an actual like cable station or something. Yeah, so what like our CMT would have been or Much yeah. Music or any of those. Gotcha. That's what theirs is now. So with like satellite radio, like XM or Sirius or whatever incarnation is still existing, mm-hmm. does that go global? So is that can you access the same stations down in Australia as you do here? Uh, you can't there specifically, but they do have their own their own 
division of it. Okay, so you can slowly start getting more Canadian artists onto those channels. Yeah, and their criteria is a little different than Canada and the States, and I don't know why, but like people that we've never heard of here in Canada mm-hmm. can go number one there. And you'd be like, or people that aren't that, um, uh, that awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they, they'll fly up the charts there and you're thinking like, there's no way, like I know there's a, there's a few people here that I know have never got a, um, any kind of airplay unless in their own region mm-hmm. and they'll go number one there. So when you say criteria, you mean just like the, what the fans like? Is that or, what you mean? Or, or like actual hard criteria of like... Yeah, like I just don't think they have a lot of submissions. I don't think that they get as much as everything else. Interesting. Like in Canada... It's kind of like promotion down there. Yeah. I think they get bombarded with stuff. Yeah. Like it's not... I've been doing this a long time and, and the radio itself has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be like, you know, based on the timing you put out. But now there's not a lot of spots for them to add. There's only a certain amount of Canadians that they can add mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, for instance... Um, what was the Life is a Highway? Rascal yeah. Flatts put out Life is a Highway. Yeah. Well, it's a Canadian song mm-hmm. written by a Canadian, mm-hmm. American artist, but it's still a Canadian song. Right. So that now takes the place of a Canadian artist. So sung by the American artist. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. But as long as m- the majority of the maple, which is a whole different story, we won't get into that because that's complicated <laughs> too, but as long as the majority of it is CanCon, Canadian right. content, yeah. it falls in that Interesting. Category. So, so they now he now like takes who, a spot. Who wrote it, who composed it, like who produced edited, it, lyrics, produced music. it, all that stuff. Yeah. So it just happens that the performer is American, but it's it still meets Can. Oh, mm-hmm. very interesting. Okay, that's, yes, yeah, so that's been the part of the music industry that, or any industry that people wouldn't really think too much about because the same in the film industry too, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to meet if you're going to be on a Canadian broadcast or a certain level of Canadian content. Yeah. Right? And certain key positions have to be Canadian too, right. right? Same with us, yeah. Oh, very interesting. But same thing, like a fan will be like, oh, you know, I've been requesting your song. Like, why can't I hear your song on the radio? It's like, yeah. good question, but it doesn't qualify. It's yeah. not in a position where where we can say, hey, can you play that song? It mm-hmm. has to go, you know, it goes to a music director and it goes to a music meeting and it's tested and all those things. But right. a fan doesn't understand that, which is good. I mean, I'm glad that they don't know the bullshit behind it because they also think that we're all billionaires, you yeah. know, that we're living these, you know. I, I, life kinda, is the music video. Yeah, it's kind of like sports. I always say like, um, whether it's movies, it's sports or it's music, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. So what we provide, to an average fan in all of those in that, you know, right across the board is an illusion. Mm -hmm. They get lost in a song. They get lost in a concert. They get lost in a movie. They get lost in a hockey game, all those things. I mean, hockey is a terrible one. Let's say football, Mm -hmm. you know, football looks like they're making all the money. And you know, the guys that are like living with other guys because they can't pay their bills. Like it's an illusion of this, I don't know, like fame. Yeah. Is that what it is? Fame, status. People equate visibility, I think with, um, financial success, right? Mm-hmm. There's lots of people who are everywhere on social media or in, in mainstream media even who aren't necessarily super well off, right? They're yeah. probably doing fine. But yeah, it's that it's that um, limited, it's a limiting sort of, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I know what I'm trying to say. I don't know how to say it. Yeah. It's like, it's the, um, it, it's this type of person is really limited in the supply, right? So you imagine they must be valuable because of that. But. Well, like an influencer, like mm-hmm. influencers are now this new thing that you can see them, you can touch them, you know what they're doing. You're literally using the products they're using. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking you're going to be just like them and they're working on their followers. Like they're, you know, it's just, it's not real life. So let me ask you how the actual consumption or the, the, country um 
the country lifestyle is different in Australia because that's super interesting. Like, what what's the like what's the sort of um, like country life down there? Is it's, it the same? Yeah, it's similar. Okay, it's still. I mean, it's not like when we think of country, we think of farms and cattle and yeah. red barns, and Gosh. it's similar. Like they've got very similar lifestyles. I've never felt more at home than I did in Australia. Interesting. They're, the people are the same. The humor is the same. You know me now. I'm pretty sarcastic and I kind of call it like I see it. Yeah. And they're very much the same. Like you can go to the US and you think, oh, like I just said that about a guy, a famous guitar player. I was like, you know, someday this guy's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And the person I was standing with was like, really? And I was like, no, that was sarcasm. That's what we call sarcasm. Like I was joking about that. And, and Australia is very much the opposite. It's like, they get it, they respond the same way. The only thing that's different is that they put beats on everything. What, and it drives me nuts. What do you mean they put like beats? pickled beats, like slices oh. of beats. They meant music-wise, they're like, throw, throw a beat down <laughs> Oh yeah, that's track. funny too, but no, actual like pick, beats. Pickled beats. Yeah. Don't they have some, what's their other fucked up um, uh, condiment? Marmite, or is that just? Oh like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I'm gonna try it all, I'm gonna try. I love like immersing myself in the culture and like trying different things that I wouldn't normally. Like. Coffee culture though, they've got the best coffee culture. Melbourne is oh, huge I'm so for coffee, excited right? for you to do that. Yeah. Like flat white's their thing. Flat and white, yeah. Flat white is like our, ver- I mean, we would all love a flat white, mm-hmm. but nobody in Canada makes a real flat white. They make, what is it? It's like a strong espresso with a little bit of steamed milk on top. Sounds great, It's Sounds like, delicious. A, like like a latte, but. Here we just get all of the milk. Right. Like, I want all the coffee and then yeah. a little bit. And I, every day I would say if my business partner Mike would laugh because every day I'd say, "Can I have a flat white with an extra shot?" And they'd be like, "Us three shots." I guess I'm well aware of that. You're lucky I'm not ordering four because normally I'm a four <laughs> shot kind of girl. Yeah, because I think North Americans are like overkill with their ca- caffeine, right? Like, yeah. Like no, you'll never see someone in Europe drinking a venti. Never. 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 Not a chance. They're just their little espresso down and they're gone. I have to say it because I'm just saying this and if my band hears that, they're all going to be yelling because they're going to be like, we've actually had to order five shots for you because it's not not (laughs) that uncommon to have an Americano of five shots. Well, all you say is, look, if I have to have that much caffeine, it's because you guys are running me ragged. That's right. I'm working my ass off for you, so shut the hell (laughs) up. Exactly. And we go to bed late and we get up early. It's not normal. It's not normal. Um, So... Do you think, did country music in Australia grow at the same time as sort of North American country music or was it influenced Influence. by us over mm-hmm. here in North America? And who brought that influence over? Like, Ooh, good question. I have so many questions. I have another one that I almost forgot, but now I remember. So answer that one first. Um, I don't really remember there being a country scene before Keith Urban and I'm... Would he really be the first like main Australian? First era of, yeah. of what they would call country. Yeah. Um, and there's lots like... Casey Chambers has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a guy whose oh, name is just escaping me. Um, uh, doesn't matter because nobody here will know him anyways. Oh, exactly. But he's he's just celebrating his 25, 25th year in country music. Okay. And he's um, like, he's a regular little cowboy, mm-hmm. but like we've never heard of him. So maybe it's been, but even that, 25 is not long. No. We've literally been celebrating country since, <clears throat> you know, Mother Mabel and the Carter family and that's, long before 25 years yeah so I just I think that it never I don't know or maybe their version of folk was our version of country and it just genres have changed over the years too. Well, yeah there's the, such a cross contamination of those genres like yeah. you, you 
now can be country pop. You can be. You Which know, seems like most people are now country pop, right? Yeah, like but it's country the time. rock. Like look at where it is. Like when bro country came in, kind of bro country was a thing, and then What's it was like bro country, like Florida Georgia so Line, say, okay, and, you know the. Yeah, and then that kind of people are like, I don't want to do that. It's like, well, okay, but it's that's what's current culture. Like yeah. that's what's on the radio. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you don't like it, but right. that's what's on the radio. So if you want to contend what's on the radio, you have to do more of that. Right. That was or my- don't put out a song for a while. Don't put out a song and be part of that. You know, but then take the chance and you may fall away. I guess like I guess with distribution now being simpler than in the past like now you can just throw your stuff up on itunes right mm-hmm. like you can reach a broader audience than before so you can kind of probably disappear for a little bit and then come back whereas in the past if you disappeared like you could be gone forever can't climb that ladder totally again. we have a new band called black mountain whiskey rebellion wow that's a mouthful yeah i like that name. Um, but they're cool they're kind of like well they call themselves the appalachian music but they're kind of like a Jen- jennings and Chris Christopherson had a band with, I want to say Motley Crue, but not quite so hard. They're a little bit edgier, yeah. a lot edgier. And uh, <clears throat> we just decided with them not to put them on radio. It's like, what, what, where do you put them? Like, it's such a different kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not country, it's not rock, it's not any of that. So let's just do something. So, so we, we released them to, digital, to the digital platform yeah. and their Spotify numbers are insane. Really? Yeah, and we've never put them on the radio. Are never. They, are they on Apple Music too? Or just Spotify? You know, that's a good question. That tells you which one I use more than the other. I'll have to find out. Because I was Spotify when I got it for free, but now I'm Apple Music. Yeah. So Spotify. What was the other question I wanted to ask you? I wanted to ask you why... Wait, is- I was going to tell you one more thing oh, about that. Okay, keep going. Um, so they've never been on the radio. They're brand new. And their first piece of press was as the bands to watch, number one band to watch in Rolling Stone magazine. Shut the hell up. So you don't need to be on the radio. No, we're learning that. And that's the frustrating thing is like, you can tell a band that so many times. It's like, okay, we're going to try something new. Like our, we did a band last year that we went straight to digital first and then from digital, then we went to radio. But they've only got their single on there. Holy smoke. Yep. Okay. I'm going to listen to it later. Yeah. There's another one coming. I mean, you know people, so I'll probably let you listen to yes. that, to the other stuff too. I can show you some, good. I can show you some of my stuff that's on really oh. if you want to see that. <laughs> I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Is this is going on. I like exactly. it all Yeah, so it's changed totally. You don't need to be on the radio. You can you can decide what your strategy is based on what type of band or what type of mm-hmm. performance you are. Now, don't get me wrong. Radio is still, the, that's where you want to be. If you yeah. can be on the radio, that's what's generating your numbers. That's what's generating dollars really right. in the, in the bottom line. Because people still turn on the radio. Right. Yes, you know, satellite is huge. Like we all have it mm-hmm. or have it for trials and you know, do, but you still can always turn on the radio. Yeah, And in your house, true. a radio always works. If you're gonna turn it on, like, and you also fall in love with like the habit of it. Like I always say CFCW was my very first friend because when my parents brought me home from the hospital, I'm sure CFCW was on. Yeah. Oh, and okay. my dad was a truck driver. So CFCW would go as far as he could in Alberta. Yeah. That was always on. You know, Sunday nights was Ukrainian hour. That was always on. So you you get consistent and you get loyal, which is why people hate when they change DJs. Mm-hmm. I'm not listening to that anymore. It's like, well, what's the chance? I mean, that person might have left on their own, but right. people get loyal in that, in their, their listening. Right. So it's still where you want to be. You so they want to be on the radio. So people will fall in love with the DJs or the actual station. Or a combination of the yeah. two. Or habit. Or habit. You just have a radio it's on. It's on your dial. You've already programmed them seven years ago. And yeah. that's number one. And you know what's in one. Four. You know what's in two. You know what's in three. Like, yeah. 
I just flipped the radio the other day and I was like, what? 92.5 changed their name again? But how <laughs> would I know that? They're still 92.5. So yeah. Who cares? Exactly. But that's where they are in my... Okay. Like, what? Okay. So why is it that Keith Urban sounds North American when he sings? Who do you know that sounds sings with an accent? They all. Well, that's that's what Johnny I'm Reed is. That's what I'm asking. How, how come they all sound North North American? I don't know. You're in the music industry. You need to know this. This no, needs, but it's a thing. It's like this needs to be answered though. But it's it's no different than someone who's got a stutter that can sing. That happens often. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mel so Tillis they, is like stu- they call him stuttering Mel Tillis. So they can sing without a stutter. Yep. Shane Yellowbird used to be a guy here in Canada that had a stutter but could sing no stutter. Okay, that's news to me. That's I think one of the like long unanswered questions in my life that I need to figure out the answer to. I'll investigate that for you. I've never thought of that. Like, like I mean, I know it because mm-hmm. we know that everybody sounds different, but yeah, but we know that it's a thing, right? Yeah. Like, there's got to be like a speech or auditory um, psychologist or pathologist, someone who like yeah. understands these things. That has a really simple answer. Again, that, let's ask Doctor Google later. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> so, why country music in the first place? I mean, other than the radio station. For me? Yeah. Well, I got into it kind of accidentally. Um, I was working for a hockey team here in town and um, also part-time at a store called Western Boot Factory. And they were sponsoring a TV show that Danny Hooper was doing in town. Mm -hmm. And on that show was a country artist named Dwayne Steele. And... Uh, Don Metz was actually the producer on no that show, way. and Metz he said, you know, he, there's something about you. I was like, you know, I'm the class clown all the time. I was talking to the people and getting everybody involved. And How old were you? Was this where you were at McEwen? Yeah, this is like eight, I was 18. Okay, no, I might have even been 17. Okay, 17, 18 in there, and uh, still going like, to the bar. Wow. Fake ID. <laughs> no, I never had. A, I never had a fake ID. Oh, you just walked in. I just right never. In. I just always walked in. That confidence, chin up. Yep. Crack a joke, sarcastic. Yeah. There exactly. Smile, pretend like you know the bouncer. Yeah. I never got questioned ever. I believe it. <laughs> Shocking. Anyways, Nancy said you need to meet our talent buyer, and I met that Jolene was her name, and is her name. She's very much still a part of kind of the industry, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, you know, do you want? Would you be interested in hanging out and seeing if this is something you're interested in? And she was doing publicity for a band out of Saskatchewan called the Poverty Plainsmen, and then a um, record label out of Nashville called the Dead, well, it was Dead Reckoning Records, and the Dead Reckoners were the band. And I was like, sure. So I worked with her for two weeks, and she went to Austin for South by Southwest, and she came back, and I had her office completely cleared. I'd sent out all her faxes. I'd it was just it was my thing. It was my niche. I found somewhere I was so she said well would you consider like quitting your job at the store and I was like wow well, yeah making six dollars there and I can make ten dollars here so I'm sure I'll do that to make like, my just, own schedule just to play hard to get you're like well I was really thinking about going down this whole retail path but, <laughs> yeah, exactly but maybe you could pull me away yeah so I did that and a while later the band we were working with um, let her go and kept me on to do hers on my job mm-hmm. and uh, I went on the road selling t-shirts and doing all that kind of thing Slang and doing a little bit merch. of yeah I doing like a little it. bit of publicity and then one day Mark said oh and this is our road manager and I was like me like I'm the road manager he's like yes yeah. what does that mean he's like oh that's what you're doing already I was like oh I guess cool so yeah. I guess I taught myself how to do it because I didn't know what to do and mm-hmm. Worked with them for a long time, and then they were in a traffic accident, a highway accident, and they came off the road. But because this the country community is so small, mm-hmm. you just you're, it becomes a family. If right. you don't piss anybody off, then you're all kind of in the same family. 
And I met a few other people and they were like, well, can you come out and work with us? And so the transition there was super easy and I just always stayed in the family. I mm -hmm. never, you know, I just blended. What made you so good at, at doing that job? Like what allowed you to continue getting these opportunities and people go, I want Carmen on my squad? I, uh, I'm a fan first, mm -hmm. um, both of people. I really love people um, and of the genre. So I was able to think as an artist, but also as a fan. So I was, I could facilitate mm -hmm. on both sides. I was young, so I didn't have, you know, a lot of baggage, really. Yeah. I could go at any time and yeah. I didn't have, you know, I had school, I was working on my degree, um, but I could do that. I even changed my schedule. So I went to school Monday through Thursday so that I could go on the road Thursday through Monday. That's That takes like some serious tenacity to want to continue doing your schooling even though you've got this awesome like fledging career right yeah like, well I, for a long time my dad well, actually both of my parents didn't think that i was that it was a job like i remember my dad saying like superstore is hiring like just yeah. go get a job at superstore I'm like i have a job like i have two jobs i'm doing lots i'm yeah. good like i'm gonna ask for money i'm good but um it just it was easy it was almost too easy it was just what i did i was mm -hmm. I'm going to talk, that's, I talk. Um, I was an only child, so, or I am an only child, so I always blended with adults. Yeah. That's what I did, whether it was for whatever occasion. Mm -hmm. um, so talking was easy and listening was easy too. I also was able to listen to what the fans want and bring it back to the artists and, and pretty accommodating. So I think that I got in pretty early that, that helped everything. Yeah, I mean, like, it's funny because it just seems like even the, the industry that I'm in now, like you really like it and you don't really even think about like what falls in your job duty and what doesn't. You just yeah. are kind of like doing the things that need to be done as they come up. And before you know it, people are telling you you're doing a good job and keep doing what you're doing. You're like, I don't really even know what I'm doing. It's so true. I, <laughs> I also stage managed Big Valley Jamboree out in Camrose mm -hmm. and we were working on a on a plan last year, just like on a safety plan and manual and stuff. And it's like, come up with your job description. I was like, oh, uh, I don't, okay. Um, I'm just gonna write down a bunch of things because yeah. I don't really know what's supposed to be and what I do anyways and all those things. That's how right. my life is now too. Yeah. Or, or like if I can't do a show and I would phone someone to come, I don't know what to tell them because most of it's in my head. Right. Like, or advance a show, of, you know, phone someone to have a conversation at the end and be like, should have to write something down now, like what we're doing. It's like, I know it's covered, but. Yeah. Well, the more, and the more like you try and define something, the more you like box that, you know, the job description in there. And then, totally. and then you become less flexible. And it's, it's like, well, if, you know, if I need to do anything, if I need to carry bags or if I need yeah. to get on stage and make an announcement or I need, totally, yeah. or I need to go drive someone's bus because their driver's all fucked up or something. It's I'll so do funny that. you say that. All of those things. Have they all happened? The, not the bus, but about a, a 15 passenger van. Yes. All of those things have happened. That's and like, funny. here's a mic. Go. We had, we, um, the production company I work with here in town, uh, Trickstar Productions also work with Big Valley, but we did a, a chamber of commerce event with the Jackson four, yeah. formerly Jackson five, but clearly Michael Jackson. Right. Um, and we had someone who was coming to interview oh, them. They're still doing things. Yeah. They're so good. What? It was such a good show. They do the dance and like, How they're so they? good. 105. Yeah. Like each, not even yeah. cumulative. No, no. Crazy. <laughs> the youngest is 105. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, our interviewer didn't show That's up. So it was like, uh, here you go. Here's a microphone. You're yeah. going to do it. And I was like, uh, oh, well, all right, sure. Where'd you start? Um, I fangirled a little bit, yeah. talked about being a dancer and, mm -hmm. you know, and 
what it means to come back and what their sound and but again I just thought what would I know the fans want to hear is that what do they tell me all the time like I'm like the buffer right if things are good or bad they get buffed through me mm-hmm. or my socials like mm-hmm. okay if they go to tell Jess something and they can't get her yeah. then they veer to me and say can you tell Jess I said right. this or, and then you decide if that's worth transmitting or not right yeah or if I'll make a note is, that, of it. is that a now or is that like a, a week from now right yeah I'll make a note of it do you have a notebook do you walk around with a notebook and look at people like skeptically <laughs> as you write things down and then slam it close because I feel like that would be a very effective tactic you pull out like one of those little um, coiled notebooks yeah. you know? <laughs> just one moment um, yeah okay here notes for Jess it's important do you write all stuff down because like you must just get inundated with yes. things constantly like I have to I always have my notebook except not right this second but yeah. usually have it but I'm the same way I have a scribbler and yeah. I usually at the start of the year I'll always start a new scribbler mm-hmm. um, but I have to write it so even when I do flights I'll book a flight I'll see it in front of me and I'll still write it down. So oh, okay. that maybe that's how I learn. Like I know on the page where it is yeah. or what color I've written it in. And yeah. you know, if I scratch something out, it's memory. Yeah. Photographic so, memory. I wish it was more of that. <laughs> something along that line of, yeah, I know where it is in the page, um, which really doesn't help when you're on the phone and you grab a bill, like an envelope you know, yeah. right down there. And you're like, Oh, I wrote it on an envelope and I'm not sure which envelope. It's like, it's, like, it's thick. Yeah. You got to go digital though. Like you got to get on like the the notes app on your phone or something because then you can just take a photo of that bill. Yeah, well, if I was doing that, I would be better at doing my taxes too because I'd be doing my receipts and I would be like, like the whole receipt thing. If there's someone who can help me, I I know the idea. I Mm -hmm. know the principle, but like having receipts and then later going through them, like my accountant's like, just take a picture as it happens. Yeah. Well, I don't have time to be taking pictures as it happens. to do that. Also, like you saw my purse the other night. My purse is massive and everything goes in it. So when I go like start I'm doing it at the end, I'm like, I don't wanna do this. Well someone someone just told me that they don't even keep receipts. They just like put everything on their visa and then that's good enough, like to actually have the visa transaction. Well, I'd be okay with that because I use my I don't know if that's true everything. though. Because then how do you break out like the tax and the tip? Yeah. Just don't tip. <laughs> yeah. Would you t- or I mean I I'm seeing I'm bad. Here's another little insight into me. If it's a good service at a restaurant, I'll always do over 20. So yeah. I'll always do 21, 23, mm-hmm. 26. I'll never do the number that's actually there. Yeah. If it's a shitty service, I'll always go like 19, 17, 14. I won't do what's there because oh, it really do. screws with yeah. And you'll get this. So it'll really screw with our server because mm-hmm. they know what 15, 20, 25 looks like. Yeah. They know that number. They do that number all the time. So when they get that and they're like, what number is this? Yeah. It's just fun for me. It's like this game I started myself. Yeah. And someone told me that one time and I now I can't stop. It's the same way if I set an alarm. I never set an alarm for on the number. So if I'm supposed to get up at 6.30, I'll get up at 6.31 or You're, 6.29. I can't do it on the number now. As someone who has like borderline OCD with some things, that's absolutely psycho. I just hope you know that's <laughs> disgustingly psych- psychotic, but if it works for you, whatever. What's your horoscope? My, um, Leo. Oh, interesting. I'm like the first day of it though. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't, so apparently that means something. That means yeah. you're either more or less of that character. You're less. You're less. Yeah, more on the sense. fringe of what's the one before me? Because I'm July 23rd. Gemini. So no, I want to say like Cancer. Cancer. Yep, that's me. it. Cancer. Yeah. So does that make sense? Blue you're really Hawaiian. like you're like it really in tune to a lot of this stuff, right? Some of it. Some of it. Yeah. Does it like today? Like so, Berkeley was born today. Oh, I just said her name for the first time. Berkeley was born today. Berkeley. Uh, that's a great name, isn't it? And her Girl. sisters. Yeah. Yeah. 
and her sister's Corbin. Corbin? Corbin and Berkeley. Sounds like a law firm. Yeah, it does. I hope they grow up to be lawyers. Please be lawyers or doctors. How far are they apart? Uh, not quite two years. Okay, that's Corbin will be that's two good. in December. And Corbin's older. Yeah. That's perfect, right? Yeah, and she now knows her name is Corby. 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 She said that's really cute. Oh, so Corbin's her, a girl too. Yeah. Okay. Good. So their mom is Lindsay and their dad is Kelsey, mm-hmm. both which could be... Girls. Girls or boys' names. I guess, yeah. And now Corbin and Berkeley could be girls or boys' names. Holy shit, that's confusing. (laughs) Right? And Kelsey used to be mad that his mom named him Kelsey because it's a girl's name. Mm -hmm. And now he's done the same thing to his children. It's like, you've named them Corbin and and Berkeley. Like, they could... Or just cursed her to repeat our parents' mistakes, I guess. Really? I watched a stupid show last night, and I don't know why, but I was watching some kind of six tuplets, septuplets, septuplets. Is it an octomom? Close like once, you, once you get to Okta, like how can you even go back? Like seven just seems boring if you've already watched the show on eight. And how do you ever want another like? Litter? Why would you want another one? Like these guys that have six just had six had twins before that, twins and another boy. What you had twins? Like you know you could have multiples. Right, because that's genetic, right? It's just dumb. Okay, so hold on. How do we get down here? You're talking about Berkeley. <laughs> what about Berkeley? Berkeley was born. Oh, on September 25th. Okay. So we were watching all the days, like, oh, please don't be born on the September 24th. Oh, please don't be born, like, all the days, because, like, when you read it, yeah. it's pretty accurate. Some of the websites are pretty accurate. About, like, what it what it says about you, depending yeah. on when you were born? Yeah. Is it, though? Or is it just that psychological trick where they know that it's, like, what are you pulling out I'm here? pulling out my phone. We have to do it right okay. now. Okay. Because okay. I did mine yesterday, and mine is freaky. Um, What's your birthday? September 15th. September 15th. So what does that make you? A Virgo. A Virgo? I'm a virgin forever. Okay. Good What's your birthday? Good for you. July 23rd. 23rd. What happens on the road, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look at. You have an app? Or you just... I just... Uh, there's a, a website that we were looking up all these birthdays. And you're going to see that it's true. Okay. So you're going to Also, read... do you know that Daniel Radcliffe shares a birthday with you? I actually... And Woody Harrelson. Well, I didn't know about Woody. I knew about Daniel. Okay. Harry. Okay, I'm gonna I looked you... like Harry Potter a little bit when I was a kid because I had glasses. That's mm. fun. You're not on Instagram, so you wouldn't yes, have seen I this. Am. Are you? Yes. And you follow me. Read that and tell it me that that's you or not. From the top here? Yeah. Leo is born on July 23rd, being the center of attention. They have a pleasing personality and a good sense of humor. Whether it is a personal or a work related project, these men and women are always prepared. Friends and lovers. July 23rd, individuals are friendly and sociable and have the heart to transform a frivolous relationship into a deep and satisfying friendship. They like to romance a love interest with old-fashioned style. They're great believers in keeping the romance alive in a long-time relationship or marriage. Well, seeing as I'm single, that's not <laughs> yeah, all but totally you haven't always true. Been single. Yeah, but you just texted you. Dean Guido. Buddy! <laughs> but I haven't always been single. That's true. Although I've never gotten past that two-year mark. That's my sticking point. Health. There are few healthier specimens on the face of the earth than July 23rd people. Their boundless energy and enthusiasm for life infuse their whole being with a sense of specialness and vibrancy. They look to they love to look good, but health is even more important to them. Come on, that's not you. Okay, so let me just say that that I would say is more something that I aspire to, that description versus what I actually am. So where does it, maybe that's like, they take that at the end of your life postdated this is what he was like maybe are you a gambler though no Mm. no i'm very much not a gambler Hmm. and it's because i hate losing more than i like winning. 
Well, that goes back to the OCD thing, though. Yeah, I guess oh. so. Could be. That's probably Dean saying, what are you guys talking about? Did you tell him you were coming here yeah. today? <laughs> yes, turn it okay. off, please. Um, okay, so what was your first big break as sort of a tour manager? Like, what was what was the first time you kind of looked back at, a, at an event or a project or a tour and you're like, damn, I crushed that. And like, I'm kind of, I've arrived on the scene. Or has that still maybe not happened yet? Because sometimes we're all I don't know humble. if I've ever done that. Like no? I've, You've never I've had, mo- I've had moments. I, I shouldn't say that. I've had moments where like you get to the end of it. Like Big Valley every year. Every year there's rain and every year there's like, you know, my job is literally to keep the stage on time and get everybody on stage and off stage, safe, have their spots, mm-hmm. make keep things flowing. And we'll have like, you know, we've had a stage fall. Like we've had we've had things happen there. So what happened at that Big Valley? That was a that was a really weird one time thing it was a plow wind that came through. We were expecting a storm. We knew there was a storm coming yeah. that was supposed to hit at six and at five fifty nine uh, plow wind or wind plow. What uh, does that mean? Well you For know someone how, growing up growing up on the West Coast. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know what these things well are. hey look at I'm a prairie girl and I didn't know about it yeah. until that point. But um a tornado travels this way and sucks something up. Okay. But a plow wind will travel and get energy this way and then when it finally reaches its full capacity yeah it takes whatever it does and it lets it go like a helium balloon like sucks it back like a helium balloon so it gathered all the energy through cameras yeah and it took down a couple um, silos along the way and then when it got to the stage it pulled the one end of the stage and the stage crumbled that way Holy shit. So, okay. So nothing for, we could have predicted. For the listeners, you had your hands vertically oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> coming together and, and as they're coming together, it starts pulling things into it. Exactly. So instead of getting sucked up, it's getting sucked in a vertical line in one direction. Right. That's things I'd never heard of until that day. Yeah, so that makes two things now, placenta delivery and plow-ins <laughs> in Alberta. Exactly. Let's make it one more for the track. Um, yeah, oh, I'm was, sure I've got something I can pull out of my yeah. for you later. Let's just get there. That was a few years ago, right? Three yeah, or four 2009. years? 2009. Oh, a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. Crazy, time's going by fast. Yeah, that was that one made a lot of headlines. Yeah. So what have you guys done since then to... to... Well, that particular thing was, was something that we couldn't prevent. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, we know the stage... Um, the stage is safe. The stage couldn't be any safer than it is. Mm-hmm. Like we've got, you know, we've got guys on on scene all weekend long, going over, and you know, occupational health is always there, and they look at every everything that's built on it and do all the engineering on it is safe. But real life happens. Yeah. Things happen, and that was one of those things that we prepared for the storm. We knew when the storm was coming. We were going to be done. We had already had everything done for the storm, right. but we didn't know that was going to happen. You don't right. know an accident of whatever realm is going to happen. And in that case, that was something that it did, you know, for, uh, it's Alberta, like things, weather happens all the time. Yeah. It gets really, it's, weathery. It is a, it's really weathery out here. Yeah. It's a lot of weather that happens. For yeah, sure. and, and everything, all, like it could be like snow and then rain and then hail and then yeah. sun. So are you still doing that? The BVJ, um, tour, uh, not stage, tour, stage yeah. management. Yep. Yeah. I love it. It's kind of like a getting back together with our family every year. That must be like a reunion. Yeah. And especially because you've done it for a while mm-hmm. now. It's just like... And it's the same not, people. And not it's that the same. it's easy. Of course, your job is challenging. But I'm sure it's kind of like like we know the process. And like every year, you just try and make it a little bit better, right? Totally. And you know that like... You know some of the things. Like you know that your bells are going to stop working on Friday and start working on Monday. You know that your legs are going to be so swollen on Monday. Mm-hmm. 
I couldn't put my jeans on this year. I could not get my legs into my jeans. My calves were so swollen. Was that just from all the walking around? Yeah, like smashing into shit. You're not eating. You're not drinking water. You're like, it's not a normal weekend. Monday comes around and your body goes, oh. Do you get to enjoy it, or is it just pure like working? I enjoy my side of it, but I don't. Like people be like, hey, have fun at Big Valley. It's like, well, my fun and your fun are very different. Right. So you're not I enjoy watching beers. people getting no, exactly. Yeah. And by Sunday, when we could have a beer after the show, I'm done. Like yeah. I am tired. Yeah. In this year, we were like, okay, let's have a shot and a glass of wine. I was like, I don't even know if I'm ready for that. I I had one shot of whiskey mm-hmm. because Florida Georgia Line had left it behind for me. Oh, okay. I'm like, all right, fine, well, you, I'll you have gotta that. Do that. And then I was really sick the next day. And I was like, am I sick? Because I had one shot of whiskey. Like, that seems weird. Like, oh, no, that's exhaustion. That's what exhaustion looks like. Oh, all right. Hi, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so is that, is that um, BVJ just happened recently? Yeah, August long weekend. Yeah, and how'd it go? Well, well. Again, weather, but what do you do? It's mm-hmm. good. Jess was there. Funny enough, so Jess got rained out last year. Mm-hmm. And we put her in, like, a little side stage barn that I just, we were like, you know, oh, we're going to cancel her. And well, if you're going to cancel anybody, canceling your own act is easier to deal with than canceling you know another Is an it? american well yeah because i'm lo- i'm logistical about it i don't want to put her on stage if it's lightning okay. where someone else is like well come on they'll play like a few songs it's yeah like, no i'm not going to do that like i'm not going to put her in that circumstance right so she came out this year and same thing just before her we had patricia conroy and she got like just downpour it's just started and it was like coming at it that once your mics are wet mm-hmm. you can't do anything like you can't suddenly dry your mics out so you know, right rushing to get the stage dry and everything mm-hmm. else, and so it was coming up for Jess. And I'm like, I know, uh, uh-uh, we have to put we have to put Jess on. Like this is this is going to happen. Right, We're going to do this. So we uh, built the the band in the back corner, yeah. kind of off the stage, and it was like almost like she karaoke out in the front. No way. She said it was so awkward because you know your our band is part of the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Guitar players play off of one another. And that's really cool that you guys can can improv that that quickly though right like, but again that's experience right. like that's if if i was in that position and it, maybe if it wasn't my artist either i would be like mm, i don't know if i want to put them on stage but i know what they can do in this mm-hmm. circumstance so that's that's the i will say easiest part of that job is and i think that's why i got it i know that's why i got it is that i can understand so when you bring an american in they know that like i i know what i'm talking about i've done this long enough that I'm not just keeping you on the clock. I know that, like, right. okay, you're having all the struggles in the world. Take five minutes, cut out your one cover song you're going to do, mm-hmm. and make it up at the end. I don't care what time you go on, just end at the right time. Okay. And then, you know, but that's not everybody's theory. But yeah. I know that because when someone's saying to me, get your band on, get your band on, get your band on, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, but like, well, I don't have a microphone, so what right. do you want them to do? Right. They're it not doesn't just matter all the things. Yelling. They yeah. Have, like, all the, the things you want them to do, they have to be able to do it. Yeah. So that's, again, knowing that. And are you pretty calm under pressure? Yeah, I'm really calm. Yeah. Unless you have that six shot of caffeine or espresso. Even that. It takes a lot. And I actually encourage it. It's like, it takes a lot to phase me um, post-stress and like, you know, to see shit. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen a lot of shit. Yeah. I want to get time. into some of these good stories. Um, <laughs> and you just think about like, I always like the one time someone used my name to me to get into something. No shit. Yeah. Well, did Carmen said to come and I was like, really? Yeah. Where tell did me, you see Carmen? Tell me you played along. Of course I did. Yeah. And then I let them in anyways. Cause I was like, I really appreciate your effort on this. Like you, <laughs> you really, really tried this and like, all right, fine. Like go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I think people probably use my name for everything. It's like, I can't have said that. Sometimes you got to respect the hustle, right? Like Totally. And the commitment to it. It's like, oh, 
well, what, you know, what color is Carmen's hair right now? Yeah. I would have been dark at that time. Blonde, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? What's she wearing? Dark. Jeans. Yeah. Boots. Damn it. Yeah. Easy question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We had, um, for, for our film, we just had someone put up... Um, trying to sell movie posters to our film that are unlicensed, unregistered, like we didn't create them at all, then they're on eBay. And so a fan tweeted us and said, are these legit? Like you guys are selling your movie posters already? Yeah. So we responded, we're like, no, definitely not legit. Like had to go on eBay and, and send them a cease and desist letter. And and they were like good and understanding, but they also said it could take up to a week to get this person removed. But we went in and looked at their profile and they've got like hundreds of ripped off movie posters and like, Things that there's no way they have the copyright yeah. to, but like, gotta respect the hustle, right? People trying to make a buck, like we see, and like imposters now are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Instagram and like all the socials are awful. Like every day, Paul Brandt. I don't know why I get all of the Paul Brandt fake accounts, but every day a new Paul Brandt account follows me. And it's like, oh, Paul what? Brandt one two three four five six. Do you, and, okay, 18, so what are they getting 19? out of that? Because I understand I this know. guy trying to sell our posters, I don't know. getting money at least. I have no idea. But a lot of them, like, I know, I know someone in Edmonton who was scammed by someone they thought was Cole Swindell. And Cole's in the States. He's Mm -hmm. kind of a big name. I mean, he's a pretty big name, but he happens to be my friend. So word made it back to me, like, you know, this is happening with Cole. And I'm like, I guarantee you that is not Cole. So I call Cole and I'm like, like, do you know that this is happening even here? And he's like, I I can't stop it. Like it's everywhere, but that's money. And the new thing is these iTunes cards. They start these fake accounts. Mm -hmm. They they lure unsuspecting fans in. And then, you know, I got to pay for this and I got to pay for that, but I'm going to pay it in iTunes cards and people do it. Well, they're like, yeah, I'm going to buy shit on iTunes anyway. Like what's the harm? I don't get it. It's like, where Silly. in your head do you think that Dallas Smith is going to text you and say, hey, I need your help. I need you to go buy $100. I had one this morning. You did? Yeah. A guy followed me and messaged me. Oh, I think I blocked him. So the message is gone. It was his whole account. There was like there was like 80 pictures on. And his I forget his name, but he was touting himself as one of the Powerball winners in the States, like who won like $550 million or whatever that is. Yeah. So we had all these pictures of whether it was probably not the actual guy, but whatever the guy's name was, like holding the check and his name in the newspaper and him like counting cash and giving it to people. And he's like, hey, like um, for for to enter the uh, the giveaway to have a chance of winning 50,000 of my dollars, like provide your info, send your name and this of kind of stuff here. And I'm like, hey man, I appreciate the offer, but there's probably a lot of people in the world who need 50 grand more than me, so I'll pass. And he's like, and then he just responded, oh, that's really good, but this is a cool opportunity. Like, just give me your yeah. information. And I was like, no, all good, block. Yeah. <laughs> and like the CRA stuff is still happening. Like, Oh, yeah. You know? I had to, it scares you, though, because like you don't know, right? Like, yeah. how the, how's the average person supposed to know what the CRA will and won't do, right? So I mm-hmm. called my aunt, who's an accountant. I'm like, hey, would the CRA ever actually like call and leave me like an automated voicemail to call them back? She's like, no, 100%. No, they would not do also, that. Also, what's it called in the States? We have CRA here. Yeah. They have... Um, um, IRA. I, so they, I got a call like that and someone's yeah. saying that it's the IRA calling. I'm like, yeah. first of all, wrong country. Try again. Dumb like, ass. Yeah. Um, so you want to know my Cole Swindell story? Yeah, I do. You're supposed to tell me stories, but I actually, I completely forgot about this until you mentioned his name. So this was back in, well, you would know this better than I would. What was the year that he opened for Luke Bryan? Oh, gosh. This is like 2013? Yeah. 
like in that even range. earlier yeah so i was living in calgary and i was working in an irish pub you probably know it kaylee's yeah irish pub. my favorite on, on half yeah best spot um just started bartending that year and so luke bryan's concert was coming through calgary that night and because it was right across the street from the west end mm-hmm. everyone would always all the to hockey teams and stars everyone would stay at the West End so we would more often than not get them coming into the bar like whether it's the night before the night after or whatever so his camp called uh, the bar and said hey like we're staying there the night before we'd really like to just come in and chill like do you guys have a private room and um, do you stock all we need is um, uh, Budweiser and pineapple juice for Luke Bryan he likes vodka and pineapple juice or something like that and we didn't have either of those things but of course the manager was like yeah 100% we got it no problem no problem so all the girls who were working that night are freaking out they're like oh my god Luke Bryan's coming in Luke Bryan's coming in I was bartending I'm like yeah he's good but like whatever so um they like they get there there's like 30 in their squad like their whole entourage we've got the private room booked off and there's this big like shuffle and melee as they're all coming in and people are freaking out like somehow they all like lose track of luke and he like walks around the bar to like the empty side and walks up to me he's like hey man y'all got a wheat beer and i was like i'm sorry what uh which (laughs) because i'm like kind of oh, nervous so funny. he's like a oh, wheat beer i'm like oh wheat beer yeah absolutely hey we've got a shock top like have you tried it before he's like, oh i love that one so he's like i'll take one of those so i'm like about to like talk to him for a couple minutes and one of the girls goes just grabs him the servers and she's like i'll deal with it and like pulls him yeah. away like i want to deal with luke Bryan. so i was like all right whatever they can have their fun i was like i gave him his beer that's cool so i walk around to the other side of the bar and there's four guys sitting there from from the entourage I'm like, hey, how's it going, guys? You with the band, obviously? And and they're like, yeah, how you doing? So like, I poured them their beers and stuff. I'm like, oh, what do you do? One guy's like, oh, I'm a equipment tech. And one guy's like, oh, I drive the bus or whatever. And and the third guy's like, oh, I'm actually, uh, I perform, I sing. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, what do you sing? Are you, are you the opener? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, cool, man. Like, what's your name? And he's like, Cole, Cole Swindell. And literally the week before, I had just got his album on iTunes and was no. like digging it, like digging it more than I liked Luke Bryan. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, man. I know who you are. I'm like, I actually like you more than I like Luke Bryan. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you kidding me, man? I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I just got it on Apple Music and Apple Music had just come out like a few months before. And he didn't even know how it really worked. And so I'm like, yeah, check it out. Like, here's your album. This is Apple Music. You just click download. And he's like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, you want to do a shot? He's like, hell yeah. So I did some tequila with him. And yeah, it was just kind of a cool night. But I thought it was so funny. Everyone making a big scene about Luke Bryan. And then the guy that I like actually enjoyed yeah. listening to was just sitting right there chilling. And so ever since then, I like, have listened to his albums regularly he's He's, a good dude he's Uh, awesome i met him in the most unconventional way Mm -hmm. i was um in florence arizona working the country thunder festival and i was kind of in charge of merch and making sure things were going okay and um keith urban's guys were friends of ours and um cookie had gone for wanted to go for supper and i was like well cookie you go i'll i'll sell the keith stuff and so he's like okay who's cookie keith's merch guy okay good and uh, so he goes, and I'm sitting next to this other guy. Mm-hmm. Little Ginger sits down. He's like, "Hey, I'm cool. Hey, cool. Nice to meet you." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, um, "I said, oh, you're selling Luke stuff." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I'm gonna be Luke. I'm gonna be like Luke someday." <laughs> and I'm like, "Sure, you are." He's like, no. He's like, "Yeah, I'm a writer. You know, we're friends from back home." And like, he was instantly confident, but not cocky. Yeah. He was like, "No, I, you know, he sings some of my songs and whatever." And I was, Cool. I was like, well, I can't wait to hear something. He's like, I got a CD. So I, I have to find it because somewhere I have a burnt CD no way. with 21 
of Cole's song. Yeah. So it was like they're written out and everything. And I was like, that's cool, dude. I was like, you know, if, if you become someone someday, this is going to be cool to have. Of course, now I can't find it to save my life. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> that like, comes yeah, with like, that he's... sort of transient lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, if I only knew where that was. So was it actually like his EP, his like debut album? Just like no, it was just a bunch of songs he had. Oh, he didn't even put those no, on the album. No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, some of the the big hits could have yeah. been there, but he he wrote a lot, and yeah. everybody knew him as a writer. And I said, "Oh man, like you know, like let's let's hang." And he's like, "Hey, actually, um, can I ask a favor?" And I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Are you staying on on like that bus?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Um, well, our bus is out of whiskey." really would like a whiskey <laughs> and I was there with the promoter so we had like a tent backstage with a VIP area and yeah. I walked on the back and I said to the girl I was like can I have a bottle of whiskey and she's like for what I said for a future star mm-hmm. and she was like sure so gave me a bottle of crown and I walked out and I was like I'll do you one better instead of glass here's yeah. a bottle and it stuck and anytime I've seen him from years later he's like well, where's my whiskey let's go have a That's bottle of whiskey unbelievable so like we were in Vegas a couple years ago three or four years ago and I was walking through MGM and we were walking together and he had a toucan and he was like walking trying to be incognito. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's Cole Swindell. He just looked at me he's like, you are such a bitch. And I was like, guys, it's Cole Swindell. He's like, everyone gather around. Yeah. <laughs> Check this Clearly out. Clearly we're going for whiskey, right? I was like, yeah, yeah we're going for whiskey. So, That's unreal. Yeah. Isn't it cool like you do something for someone with like zero expectation, right? Like not even like, oh, are they going to return the favor? Or like, can they ever do something for me? And like, and then it just works out. Like, like it's it's just cosmic karma right totally and that's how like you know if I think of like some of my most valued friendships in the business they've started like in moments like that mm-hmm. um, uh, there's a guy in Nashville he was a pretty big um, exec he worked with Disney when I first met him and he has worked with everybody since then mm-hmm. but I met him at a bar because I told him off he was standing behind me with Oh, what was the guy's name? He was so annoying. <laughs> I blocked him from my mind. Yeah, you cut him out. Yeah. Doesn't even matter. Anyways, he was like just speaking and he was telling the story to these guys. And he was like, You gotta do it, man. Like, you gotta do it. Like, just you gotta do it, man. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. And I turned around, like, Would you do it? So he'll shut the fuck up. And I turned back <laughs> around and kept watching the band. And this guy walked away. And the the exec that I knew, Kevin, tapped me on the shoulder and he's like, that was amazing. He's like, we've been trying to get him to shut up for how long? He's like, he just won't stop. I was like, clearly, like we're watching a band. Tapped me on the shoulder, he's like, can I buy you a drink? And I was like, I'll buy my own drink. We're watching a band. I turned back and he just thought that was the funniest thing. So he's like, well, if you change your mind, he's like, send me a message. And he hands me his card over my shoulder and it's like, vice president of promotions for Disney. Disney. You're like, oh, and I was like, shit. thanks. Like to my girlfriend, you just told that. Like, I wasn't even nice about it. Like, normally I'm nice in like a sarcastic way. Yeah. I was not. I it's was like. Claws were out. Yeah. Fuck. Get out. So, so he, went to the front, he went to the front of the, the bar and I, and I was like, I, like, I have to apologize. Now I feel bad. I just feel bad as a human, let alone yeah. his job. Yeah. So as we were walking out, I was like, hey, I just wanted to say I'm so sorry. Like that. So he just caught me. I was really enjoying the band. He goes, no, no. He's like, it's, it's, it was Fan Fest. Now it's called CMA Fest. It's Fan Fest. He's like, everybody this week has been shoving albums down me. Yeah. He's like, and you just told me exactly where to go. He's like, I will buy you dinner anytime. Ah. And I was like, well, I'm back in June. No, I'm back in September. That was in June. I was like, yeah. I'm back in September. I was like, you know, if you want to buy me that. And he's like, okay, let's see. That's incredible. I came September 1st. I got an email in my, my box and it said, 
hey, you said you were coming back to town. Mm-hmm. When am I buying you dinner? And I was like, next week. He followed up he on followed the dinner. Up, he and now we're like, besties. That's incredible. Yeah. Sometimes the people that get their ass kissed the most just need to be put in their place yeah. the most, right? Or don't Which is what, what I always like, hey, do, yeah. No one talks to me like that. Cool. Like, you want to be friends? Yeah. <laughs> and my girlfriends always say, I have the ability to tell someone to fuck off and they thank me for it. Yeah. Because I'll be like, oh, you're right. Like, yeah. I shouldn't do that. Yeah, you just call it as you see it. I think too, like, I think some of my best friendships have started from a place of like, I don't like you, you don't like me. But that at least establishes the like, okay, we know where we stand and like now we can either work on it or we can at least like build a mutual respect, right? See, but you're a dude, you can do that. Like us chicks would be like, you're a bitch and I don't like you. That probably works better for guys and you, with you and guys, but with girls not so much. Right. Yeah. Which is why I probably have more male friends than I do female. My female friends are like my circle. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm tight with them. Yeah. I know, we know how we, yeah. you know. Jolene has a great example. There's, you've seen, like, we don't, we don't filter. We yeah. just, <laughs> you guys are down like, Which is funny because two people with your like strong personalities could certainly clash. Right? Yeah. But we also don't have to babysit each other. Yeah. So like, that's why we do a lot of things together because we go out and she can be famous and I don't give a shit yeah. and I will Go to the bar, hang out, like, and meet bitch, my you're own not people. My most famous friend, exactly. <laughs> Until Mark Messier introduces, or you know, says he's the biggest fan. I mean, that was a cool moment with her. <laughs> Still mad at her for not telling me that to wear a ball cap and Lululemons. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. So tell me, okay, I want to know like the the most odd, strangest interactions you've had with fans. What are some of the the you know, things that have happened that you just shake your head like afterwards, you're like, I can't believe that just happened. You know what, what really makes me wonder the most is kids, fans with kids. Okay. So because again, they still think like that- Babies? Yeah. This but like, we'll say to, to two year olds. Okay. Um, when a fan walks up with a baby, mm-hmm. sometimes a brand new baby, and they just, they're automatically like, here, have a child. And like, I'm good with babies, mm-hmm. but some people are not. Also, like, that's so weird. You wouldn't walk up to a regular stranger and say, hold my baby. So why? Like, what? I mean, yes, that's cool. I can see why you would want it, But why would you not want to be in the picture? Or why would there not be, like, an association or, or whatever the case? Or ask, like, hey, could you? Like, I want to, you're kind of famous and whatever. But Back up. Like, why are they holding, handing you their baby? To... I don't know. It, sometimes you do a picture, sometimes not. Like Just, for, so they can take a picture with whoever you're managing? So, like, say, for instance, for not Jess, because Jess has, but like in the past with like a Chad Brownlee, people will do that. They'll walk up and they'll, here, hold my baby. And well, they'll hand like, the baby to him. Oh, okay, I'll hold a baby. Like, I've done, yeah. that, you know, it's just an awkward, exactly. It's like a weird. It's like a football. As we're both, just exactly. We're both holding it like it's a football or <laughs> a bouquet of flowers. Oh, like, my God. Thanks. Yeah. That's a weird one to So, me. that's like, a common one, though, huh? Very. Interesting. Yeah. Or fans that wait. I mean, we sit here in the city too. Fans that wait in places that they know you're going to show up and yeah. then don't do anything. Oh. If you wait in somewhere for an autograph, mm-hmm. like, you know, outside of the hotels here, they, they want to want an autograph. Fine. Yeah. Usually it's to do whatever with. But, you know, the guys that wait for an autograph, they are fans. I can get behind that. But if you know that we go to this restaurant all the time, so we're going to go there again, and you just sit awkwardly in the corner just to watch, that's fucking weird. Yeah. Don't do that. Well, maybe they're nervous. Come up and say hi or like acknowledge. Okay, okay, but then why are you there? Like, what, yeah. what's your plan all along? Is your plan to like, I don't get that. Because maybe that's just, I don't get it because I don't know. 
because for some people like just being in the presence of someone that they admire is like a big deal right whether they talk to them or not like they could be at a party where Wayne Gretzky is at that party and they don't even come close to talking to him and they would go home and be like that was the best night ever yeah that's right I was in the same room as Wayne yeah that's true you know like and people a lot of people don't have aren't able to cross that threshold of like wanting to not be the awkward fan too like it's I always say like it sucks to be the guy being like, hey, can I get a picture? Like, especially if you're just like chatting and it's someone casual, like if you're having a good interaction with someone famous and like, but then you don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to fanboy and like ask for a picture. But then you always regret not doing it after. So you just have to get over that, like that awkwardness and that shitty self-consciousness of being like, fuck it. Let's take a picture, right? Yeah. I regret it when that, in that case, more for my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, when I think about it in my case, my mom would be like, did you take your, like, with Wayne Gretzky? Did yeah. you take your picture with Wayne Gretzky? I was like, no. And she's like, oh. Yeah, she's like, why? I'm like, how am I ever going to brag to my I friends? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's not something that I think of doing. Like, yeah. I will think of having a shot with somebody before I think of having a photo with them. That's a, it's great. And you know what? It used to be autographs and then autographs turned into photos. And now like now with everyone being so cautious around social media and photos, now I think like people are realizing maybe just have that story because mm-hmm. the stories are equally good. Like I've had some great nights with some, some legendary hockey players that not a single shred of evidence exists, but I remember them. I love that. You know? I- yeah, things have changed. Like even since I started, which is, I mean, that's twenty years ago. It'll be, it will be twenty years. Mm-hmm. A lot has changed as far as that. Like I remember when I first started doing concerts, and someone would hold up a camera, and I'd go over there and ask them to turn their camera yeah. off. Now you're like, fuck, everyone's got a camera. Yeah, you and you almost it. encourage it. Yeah. Like in a meet and greet line, people would be like, okay, no, no photos. I'm like. Uh uh-uh. uh, let That's them do all the ridiculous. selfies they want because they're gonna publicize for you. They're gonna promote you. It's the mm-hmm. fans that. And I'll do that. Like it's, especially if I'm taking a photo of somebody, I'll say, "Hey, make sure you t- you send this to us, or yeah. we want to see this, or mm-hmm. or like anybody that brings Snapchat, I'll yeah. hit it so that Jess, I'll throw a filter on it, yeah. and then I'll hit it so Jess can sign it. Yeah. Well, then yeah. store it, save. They don't have to worry about. You're getting your phone back. You're like, oh fuck, it's gone. Like you're not thinking it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's already on your phone. I've saved it for you. Yeah seen that a few times oh so you take it on snapchat mm-hmm. and then you get them to sign that's a really good idea you're welcome wow okay i'm gonna do that because one of my favorite things especially now that i've been doing these documentaries with like grant and donovan and um is do like when we're in a crowd or in the public and people are like nervous to like go ask grant was insane because people like he's such a nice guy and so approachable that everyone's like Grant, like holy shit, like all over him because we paraded him around like rinks and around yeah. North America. And um, I love grabbing the, the shy person who, you know, wants to ask for a photo, but it, like it's kind of like, ah, I don't know. And I'm like, hey man, give me your phone. Like jump in there. I'll take a photo with him. Like, and they're like, just so their mind is blown, like so excited. Yeah. It's, I'm, I do that a lot with kids, especially like if kids are waiting in line afterwards and it's not their parents waiting on it's kids wanting to do it mm-hmm. i'll always pull them aside yeah. i'll always pull them up to the front and the, that those moments that they have you, you can't buy like of course you know or put them at the front of the stage or whatever the case is or, yeah well, that's good that's good that you take care of the, <laughs> the yeah. little well, the I, little people again i'm still a fan you know i still go to shows and think of like how i feel now it's harder to go to a show and be more uh open mm-hmm. like i'm like oh, why are they using that app? Well, that's stupid. Well, that's not plugged in. Well, like, all the other tracks on that. Like, I'm the worst person to go. Like when you go as a fan? Yeah. 
because people are like you're killing it like just watch the show I'm ruining the moment like, I can't do it like, it's just some people hard. can totally switch that off right like some directors can go to someone else's film and just not even think just go and laugh even if it's a stupid rom-com oh, or something they're that. like no I just go and I enjoy going to the movies right but again like I said to you before it's like I, you know I'm also the one that watches in a movie and sees okay that person had curly hair in that scene and yeah. straight hair in that so I think I'm just like that in you're life you're continuity person yeah ask my business managers they hate it they love it and they hate it also like I hate when you get a CD this is so random but it's my life and a CD that like would normally open they don't open anymore right they're like sleeves now yeah. so if you get a picture and the foot's on the other side of the, the sleeve I hate that it's like the well, foot? Yeah, when you're like leap when you're like looking so yeah. someone's like you know got their foot out and then so when you wrap it hard 180 turn yeah their foot's <laughs> on the back side that drives me insane well the good news is they're not going to produce CDs for very much no, longer don't so, I know it. so you'll be you'll yeah. be legit I let's see when I was growing up I don't think I ever used tapes. I remember my older cousins making me tapes like when I was younger, yeah. but I never like bought a cassette. It was always CD. Yeah. And then there was a weird, really weird phase where like MD players came out. Do you remember yes. those? Those mini discs? Yeah. Those were great. I liked those. Cause yeah. it pulled like a hundred and something songs and didn't skip. I haven't thought about that in a long time. And then MP3 players came out and there was a battle between MP3 and MD. MP MD was better because you could change cartridges whereas mm -hmm. mp3s like the the space was so limited you could only have like 200 songs and then the ipod came out and changed it all but at that time we were also talking about napster and mm -hmm. um, what was it limewire limewire yep, i remember that all those things that like i thought was gonna kill our business so i was like this is it we're done we're all we're like I'm not, and my friends would say that like oh man i have like three thousand songs i'd be like and i don't have a job yeah like, you know, when you when you put that reality yeah, of that, like... It's such a new thing that no one really thought, like, hey, we're actually stealing from people. We're actually stealing yeah. from the artists, right? Yeah. And it's funny because now, like, it seems like the industry and the consumer have come to a compromise almost, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, like, we will spend $100 to go to your concert, right? Yeah. But we're not going to spend money to get your album. Right. It's like, and I'll buy the poster, but, but I'm not buying the single. Which <laughs> is why, like, you know, at our shows, merch is important because I know that... They, they're, they're getting it on some platform, iTunes or uh, you know, Spotify, Apple, well, or any of those. Yeah. They're probably, they're going to buy a physical copy to get it signed. Yeah. So like we'll sell off stage because people want it signed and you're right there and it's, you're in the moment and it's, mm -hmm. you know, you're part of it. We all do that. Yeah. But a t-shirt you can take home and a t-shirt, like I always design the t-shirts so that they wear. Mm -hmm. like I have one on you design the t-shirts? Yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. How, so when did you get into designing? And again, all these other things. Like someone else is doing, I like. I hate that. Why don't we do blah blah blah? Oh, very cool. I designed yeah, one good. of our t-shirts for our line. Did well, I didn't design it. I just said, hey, why don't we do this? Just like you. Why don't we do this one? Why do you make that one of the designs? They're like, oh, okay, here you go. Yeah. And it was their hottest seller. It's fun to watch, mm -hmm. and like again, because I know our market, I'm, I know that, you know, uh, black sells in Calgary and white sells in Edmonton. No. For real. What? Small cells in Vancouver, double XL cells in Winnipeg. Okay, I can understand that more. Yeah, but same idea, the but, same kind of. So you're gonna get you're gonna get blue collar here. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get white collar in Calgary. Mm -hmm. White collar is gonna wear more black or wear under things or you know wear it with blue jeans and. <clears throat> have you ever thought about writing a book? I have. I actually know the title of it. What is it? It's can from Bourbon Street to Belgoni. Where's Belgoni? Um, middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. Okay. About 45 minutes from Regina. Because mm -hmm. one night, I was in on Bourbon Street, 
on a Friday, mm-hmm. and I was at a wedding in Belgone, Saskatchewan on Saturday. And when you say Bourbon Street, you're not talking about West 7th and No, I'm talking about New Orleans. Yeah. Like, I was there, I did it up, I went to the plane, got on the plane, made it in time to get to the wedding. Not only to get to the wedding, yeah. but pretty much to uh, organize once I got there. Because again, shocking, Carmen fashion. Like, I got there, I was like, oh, there's no aisle. Like, everything was happening. <laughs> Actually, that's a good story. You couldn't help yourself. My girlfriend married, met and married a guy on FarmersOnly.com, which is a real thing. That's a real thing? It's a real thing. FarmersOnly.com. Was she a farmer? Or did she? Uh, she liked, farmer? yeah. She, she wasn't a real farmer. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. She would say she's a farmer. She's a farmer. This relationship has been a sham from the beginning. How dare <laughs> she? Exactly. So, and it worked like instantly you're like well, I mean we called her Redneck Judy for a reason oh god and it wasn't Redneck ironic. Judy and it Princess. wasn't ironic it was real no it was real How, what do you do if you're two farmers meeting like for the first time where do you go shovel on a date shovel shit yeah it's just <laughs> shovel shit well yeah. I can't really leave my farm you want to come you help? have to shoot the shit you shovel the you shit shovel in that shit. case yeah holy shit holy shit holy <laughs> shit you shoveled the shit on the date oh you can't make that up that's you can't make that shit up that's unbelievable anyways we went to that wedding got there and met my girlfriend's at the hotel and it was supposed to pour that day and we're like we all have you know dresses and heels and stuff and we're like uh-uh we went to pv mart and we all bought boots and then we went to walmart we all bought rubber boots and there was 12 of us girls that all had different rubber boots yeah at that wedding it was great <laughs> um, but, but forgetting that the night before i was drinking hurricanes in new orleans drinking hurricanes like uh like uh oh i'm gonna forget who sings the song about drinking hurricanes? Um, come, come on, Luke Holmes. Luke Holmes, no, but... Well, he's got a hurricane song. Take me a hurricane before I go with Oh, say. yeah. Five o'clock somewhere. Uh, uh, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. And, well, that's Jimmy Buffett. And um, who's the other one in that song? Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson. Well done. See? Well, you picked it out. I just remembered the song. That's something. I remember listening to country for the very first time I remember exactly where I was when I was really who I was with yeah it's grade 11 summer after between grade 11 and 12 this is when I grew up in Vancouver driving out to Delta for a annual you're probably a kid's kid weren't you uh yes well point gray all right Dunbar area um so driving out with my best buddy Alex Kwong Chinese guy that played on the hockey team with me. And I'll be, of all people, a Chinese friend to introduce me to country music. Funny. But we're driving out to the annual hockey party in the summer in Delta called Puck Fest, thrown by a uh, Junior B beauty. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, hey, you ever listen to country? And I'm like, no, are we in Hicksville? Like, no idea, right? Like, so he turns it on and like we're jamming. It was like dust on a bottle and yes. five o'clock somewhere. and barbecue stain and all those like those good i don't even know when those songs to me they were like decades old i had no idea if they they just come out or not um but and that was just such a fantastic night we like went out drove out oh what a great association and ended up crap like sleeping in his van that night because obviously we weren't fit to drive but uh yeah that was like my first introduction to country music and ever since then i've just been like not a huge fan but i've really liked it and so I would make my CDs in grade 12. They would be half country music and half techno music. That's And it's funny how often they go together. Again, sports teams are a great example. I know here for the Eskimos, like Wednesdays is country day. Mm-hmm. And the guys say they hate it. And yet anytime you see any socials on it, they're all kind of bopping around to it. Because they're like, yeah, there's, there's, it's not country and Western anymore. Yeah. Country is its own thing of just good music. Yeah. Good, you know, good tunes. 
Yeah, it's like a philosophy almost more than like a musical style, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. So when you're on the road, do you listen to, like, what do you, like, what do you, do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to music all the time? It depends who you're with. Like in a van, if I'm, I'm always driving. Um, But if I'm. Does that mean you get to pick the music? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I just generally put it on and see what happens. Mm-hmm. But like the boys in the band, will ne- they'll stick their ears in and listen to. I, I can't even tell you the bands they listen to because mm-hmm. they're such hard rock bands. Okay. Um, so everyone's got their own headphones. In. And then us up front, usually it's Jess and I up front, and we'll listen to the highway or something current. Yeah. Um, if we have serious otherwise we'll and then her song comes it. on and she sings along <laughs> she doesn't but i always car, do you know car, we don't it's not one of the things that we change like i used to think that was like oh, people would turn it off yeah and it's not now you're still excited especially if it's a current song you're like yes they're spinning the song that's yeah. a cool moment yeah and i still get excited like every time i hear a song for the first time even if i know like i get the charts every week i know who's playing what mm-hmm. but if i hear it on kissing i'm like ah also I've heard it like a hundred times you know like I know what it sounded like in all of its stages I know what it sounded like when it was written when it was first in that's there. really cool and you know hearing a song which is a good and a bad thing because you'll also hear a song you know say say that song sounded different mm-hmm. when they first wrote it mm-hmm. I'll I'll hear that every time it is or you might have liked one of the other incarnations of it and not the final incarnation, right? I think you'll get used to it. I think it just yeah. you just know that that's like the evolution of what that song is going to be once yeah. everybody puts their own touch on it. Once the musician gets in there and goes, you know, what if we try this? Right. This. I had that with the film I worked on. Like, So when I finally watched, it was like a big feature film. And when I finally watched the finished piece, like a year after we finished shooting it, it was I, was, I loved it because every single scene, I was there for it every single scene there was a story behind it of like mm-hmm. oh this actor did this or this actress did this or the you know or the boom guy fucked up the shot or yeah. you know, like just everything there was always a good story to go along with it so when people ask me like because like oh you finally got to see it like and no one's seen it yet how was it i'm like i loved it but i'm proud my opinion's probably 100 percent tainted yeah right? a video shoot is very much the same because a video shoots you like usually two days three days for a three minute song. Mm-hmm. So you see it all happen over and over and over. It's like, oh, it's so cool. It's like, yeah, the lesson on a video shoot, much like what you do is hurry up and wait. Cause, mm-hmm. oh, we gotta reset that. Oh, we gotta redo that. Oh, oh, again, well, she didn't have that lipstick on last time. We gotta put that back on or, you know, yeah. can you go back? Can you drink that with your left hand this time? Nope, nope, that doesn't work. Can you drink with your right hand stand on this time? Like all those things. And I always play the game of like, what, what shot do I think is gonna make it into the video? Mm-hmm. So it's fun to watch it like with the director and like you're kind of like, oh, yeah, he liked that one. That one's definitely going to make it. And then yeah. seeing the whole thing at the end, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, they I, didn't use that shot. Or, yeah. Oh, why didn't they use that one? It's it's tricky, though, because you have to be really judicious with that, because sometimes after like the umpteenth shot and you kind of like you're tempted to just let things slide because you're like, this pro one's probably not going to be the one that makes it. And then lo and behold, it it would have been had you done your job and said like, oh, she's actually like tilting her hand this way or whatever right yeah so you've got to be super on it all the time yeah can't switch off yeah and i think that like which is why i like to be there when the artists do photo shoots or videos or whatever that director or, or the producer of both of them are thinking of the whole picture mm-hmm. they're seeing they know their shots they've got their shot list they know what they want but they know what the full picture is yeah and i know what i want the artist to look like i know right. what you know what the angles are and yeah and that strokes. it's easier to be broad than it is to kind of just have their back. Yeah. And you know, you can't, they can say, well, how, how does that look? Mm-hmm. And then whatever artist will look at me like, is, is that okay? Like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Or, 
you know, like, do you have a, like, and, and most or most directors are really good to say like, do you like this angle or do you like this shot? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. Or I don't like that. Or we need to make a part of us. You know, whatever the case is, that's just, again, from doing it for so long, you Mm -hmm. just, you know, what's going to translate and what's not. Yeah. Like you can only color correct so much. And then (laughs) that's true. You can only fix so much in post. Yeah. So do you, um, do you sort of like, do you pine for the old days when things weren't as social media out and things weren't like a hundred percent online and everything wasn't like always documented? Like, do you miss those days or you enjoy where it's going and do you like the direction that your industry is moving in? Uh, both. I miss the uh, idea of privacy and being able to have, you know, have a bottle of wine in public and not worrying about someone taking a picture and that hasn't stopped making, you from what I recall last <laughs> yeah, week. Making, I'm not famous. <laughs> um, hey, you are to me. Uh, uh, I'm making a deal. You know, someone can make a big deal out of anything now. Right. Where that wasn't really a thing before. Yeah. Um, but I do like the accessibility. I do like that you make it to more markets. Like, you know, people all over the world. We, for instance, but back to Australia, We, uh, my business partner sent a message to Jess and said, hey, when this goes on, can you do a post? And she goes... Hey bud, like I already got tweets saying that it's already happened. Yeah. So they're telling us things. So it's not necessarily just what we're providing them; it's what they're providing us. Mm-hmm. We hear what songs people want to do or or don't want, or all you know, all the yeah. good and the bad. They're they're giving us as much, maybe not as much, but they're giving us feedback to what we're giving them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's you, you kind of know more what's what people want and everything's becoming more customizable right yeah. like it's like you can choose to download the album or you can choose to download these three songs or you mm-hmm. can you know you've got more choice it's life seems to be like more a la carte now right absolutely you've got the opportunity to do less of what you don't want and more of what you want yet it's still at the point especially in our business where you don't want to piss anybody off mm-hmm. so i don't want to do i mean i want to do something specifically with I'll say Spotify, mm-hmm. but I can't because then Apple will get pissed off right. or Google or whatever the case is. So like you want to do things or like, you know, what your growth is and those, but you still are kind of yeah. minding your P's and Q's. I'm not. Mike, my business yeah. partner is, he's mine. He's thinking about that. And I'm just right. thinking, come on, this is great. Like, you know, what the key to that is, you know how to fix that? Just get so big that they're lucky to get whatever they get, right? Then you can dictate the terms. Yeah. Well, and that's funny now. It's like, because we've always been accessible, people ask for a lot mm-hmm. because they know that you'll provide it. Mm-hmm. Can you do this free show? Well, I can, but I have a band to pay and we have flights to get here and hotels and all that. So Precedence is deadly, right? Like, you know, like what we got in the one past. one day you say no, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you're a bitch. You can't do yeah. this. You're not doing this anymore. It's like, to me. Well, I can't, I, I can't, I can't physically do this. Like she just did a, a speaking engagement in her hometown. It's like, well, it's her hometown. They'll do it for free. It's like, no, because I'm doing this now and then I can't do anything in this market. Yeah. So you're, you're paying for that as well. Like that's the frustrating thing is people, you know, they want it and we would love to give them everything. Look, we'd love to do that, yeah. but this is a business. It's yeah. music business. Of course. Business is there. It's the exact same way with film, right? Like we'd love to let, let your little theater screen it. We'd love to, but the economics of it just aren't there. Like we have to, we have to adhere to potential buyers and we have to protect mm-hmm. our, our IP and we have to make sure that like we are being the most successful, getting it to the widest audience as possible. So that, if that precludes your little like local cinema, I'm sorry, but like, and see, and at our, our level at this point, I can be the bad guy or Mike can be the mad guy mm-hmm. or our publicist can be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. 
but like a couple of years ago, it wasn't. It was all on the artists. They had to be really, like, yeah. Like now, you can say, "Hey, talk to my manager." Oh, okay. Or you, you. I mean, that just that's just a couple me. years. That's like a long time ago, right? Yeah, <laughs> years ago. Time's I mean. moving quick. I think too. Okay, so here, uh, let me ask you this, and this is one of the last things I'll ask you because I kept you here for an hour and a half. Oh, anyway, if you don't have anywhere to be, I'll keep chatting. But um, so what you said was that now like with everything so publicized so everyone out in the public eye like you can't do anything without offending someone but do you think it's gonna eventually swing back and be like people are realizing now because of the constant access that these people are human and no that, no i think people are entitled and i think that they're that they just see what they want to see i think that you can see that when you but it's how key, you react to it but it's the keyboard warriors that are sitting there that you never see that are sitting there yeah. watching for you to post something so they can go i don't like that yeah. that's stupid that's but, but so what so you just don't react to them just just ignore them or just like post and as joe rogan says post and drop yeah, you know, that, like, and that—that's a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, 100%. when you do like you a award show, you can't—you can't reply to everyone anymore. Yeah, right? like, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But then again, you're back to the like, oh, well, that's a bitch. Why aren't you saying back? Like, it's—it's mm -hmm. it's not. It's like <laughs> things I've learned. If you, let's say, in this case, you know someone famous that's on an award show, don't message them that day because 400 people are going to message. Like at the end of the day, I'll look at my phone and be like, I can't do this now. Like I, I can't. So, and I'm not the famous one. Like yeah. I'm just the entourage. The yeah. You know, and sometimes there'll be a handing off of the phone and be like, you just need to deal with whatever needs to be done because yeah. I can't. And people don't understand that. It's like, yeah. well, I have your number and I've sent you that message. So now you need to do it. It's like, yeah, like I'll see it and I'll visually see it. And it's mm -hmm. not, if I had a Blackberry, it'd be different. Because, you know, when you read it on the iPhone, it's done. If I had a Blackberry that I could still say Mark on red. You can't do that? You can. No. Well, I mean, you, you can. You can change it so it doesn't have the red indicator. But that's a thing. Like, you still have to go through still a moment of doing it. Where I'll I could, do like, it right here, right now. Give me your phone. I'll set it so <laughs> you, your messages aren't red. Then you go. Save you a ton of stress. I also don't like notifications on my phone. Yeah, you can yeah, turn You must off. be like that too, You can right? turn those off No, too. but I mean, like, I don't, like, when something has, like, a one or two behind it, I have to fix it. Oh, yeah, so no, that no. it's clear. Look at, well, because we've been chatting, mine's probably red. Yeah, there's tons of shit on there now, but. But normally. Normally, no. I, I got to clear it. Like, it, there's two types of people in the world, right? People with nothing and people with, like, 17,000 emails and 36 texts and, you know. Like, yeah. It's okay, so you know what true. other kind of people there are in the world? Two kinds of people. One that let their foods touch and one that doesn't. And my food cannot touch on my plate. It oh. never has. And then there's some people that like stew. I like stew. But do you like, so you don't mind when things touch on your plate? Thanksgiving dinner is one of the rare ones where I actually don't mind everything mixing. Now I'm not so I'm not so compulsive that nothing can touch because I eat a lot, so it's almost impossible for me to right. get the amount of food that I desire to consume on the plate without anything touching. So that's where I fall in that okay. category. It's more practicality versus versus preference. Yeah. You know? See I'm Ukrainian. Yeah. So like our Christmas dinners or our Easter dinners are, are beige. Like if it's beige, it's delicious. <laughs> Pierogies. <laughs> I've never heard that Potatoes yeah. and pet like all of the Naleshniki, oh, like all the what things that that are What's that? Which is like a crepe. Oh, it cheese sounds inside good. And cream over top. I'm coming to your and place. Yeah, for, you should come for yeah, Thanksgiving. It's definitely. really good. Is that that's coming up? Mm -hmm. Is Ukrainian Thanksgiving at the same time as yeah. everyone else's Thanksgiving? And we sell like we celebrate our our Christmas. I mean, we'd probably double up because we celebrate Christmas and then we'll always be like, well, it's Ukrainian Christmas too. We have to celebrate yeah. now too, but we do our presents and everything. I like that. Real. 
but it's enough, just another day <laughs> to celebrate. And um, so you're sticking around Edmonton for a bit or are you off hitting the road again? I'm in Halifax this weekend Okay. Oh, for the quickest trip ever. What's out there? Uh, we're doing a radio show on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm hoping will be warm. I haven't looked at the forecast. I'm terrified too because it's fall in Halifax. Yeah, do you want me to so do it, it could, for you? Maybe. I'll do it. It could be like time. hot or it could be snowing. Yeah. It's like Alberta, really. I've never, I've never been to Halifax. <gasps> I really, Shane, I know you're I missing be, out. I really want to go. You've probably been all over the world and never to the East Coast. That's true. And I've said that in other podcasts before. Um, and I feel like a bad Canadian. When are you going this weekend? Yeah. Shitty? No. No, it looks fine. It's raining there today. It's supposed to clear up by the weekend. It'll be good. We did Great Cup last time it was here in town. Mm-hmm. And I, were, I ran a stage downtown. And it was so friggin' hot all week that we were in like t-shirts and I had capris on. And one of the pictures I have like, not shorts, but you know, capris on. Yeah. And we zip lined in our t-shirts. Like it was crazy. You mean zip, oh, zip There was a zip line like through, through the I city hall. I pictured you shipping t-shirts on the <laughs> yeah, zip line. Exactly. Here's your shirt. Um, and every band we had, it was like, it was so warm mm-hmm. until Grey Cup come. And then we were in parkas and it was freezing. And I didn't even like, I watched part of the game and I was like, nah, this is too cold. I'm going home. What year was that? Um, good question. Like it was a lot. Was it oh eight or ten? Okay, I think so it might be ten. I wasn't out here yet. I'm excited. It's fun, and it's like it's gonna be huge. Yeah. Also, it's. I mean, we're clearly gonna be there, obviously, because we've been playing so well. Um, <laughs> we're gonna turn have, that. have we or have we not? I, I'm a bad I CFL fan. The last few weeks have not been good. This no? this last week just about killed me. We gotta get our boys. Back on the There's time. Track. There's time. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that, that's a great segue into one of my ads for the podcast. Oh. If you're a big CFL fan and if you don't already listen to the Two and Out CFL podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. I'm going to have to subscribe today. Yeah, you should. Do you listen to many podcasts other than City of Champions? I listen to a couple, but I, I really like the like cheesy, girly, bachelor, bachelorette kind of mind numbing one or the opposite like the calm meditating that I can put it on like listen on the plane where you're like just kind of chill out what like actually like meditation stuff oh is that a podcast is that just meditation meditation well well, then you'd really hate you'd really hate my other ad but I think it's interesting it's a new podcast from ATB oh it's called the we are Alberta it's hosted by economist Nick Ford, who explores Alberta's geography, its businesses, organizations, and its diverse and fascinating people, all viewed through an economic lens. The first episode looks at how cannabis legalization will affect Alberta's economy. So super interesting. Um, and that's through the lens of an Edmonton company hoping to enter the field. Oh, I could get behind that. So that's interesting. That's cool. So yeah. if you want to get behind that, that's ATB's podcast, We Are Alberta. Also on the Alberta Podcast Network. ATB is a pretty good sponsor. They are a great sponsor. They're yeah. the uh, they're the feature sponsor of this whole Alberta Podcast Network, which is kind of cool. Wow. And they keep like they keep like generating their own and like sponsoring things that fall in line with what they do. And actually, like it's funny because we have like the list of like not jingles. Yeah, I guess they're jingles. Yeah. Like ATB like ads. They're like just I've got like thirty that you can pick that like kind of fits within what you're gonna podcast about. Yeah. And I'm reading all the stuff they do. I'm like, 
damn, maybe I should sign up for ATP. <laughs> I'm like, this it is, works. they're actually like a good company and they yeah. do like really progressive things. And if they're thinking to what's happening, like this is pretty current. So yeah. get with the times. And well, too, it's good to like tackle a subject like that because everyone's just got the like the pot company craze, right? Oh, I'm buying stocks of this company and this company. And that's always an indicator that things aren't necessarily as good as you think they're going to be, mm -hmm. right? When everyone starts going somewhere, it's probably not going to be as fruitful as you think it's going to be. It's scary to think of too. Like I heard a thing today that they can ask you at the border now if you have stocks in Aurora. Yeah, any any pot company. Yeah, I don't know why they picked them. Maybe because it's here, but yeah. like if you have stocks, well, you're a user. Yeah. It's like, look, I may have never had a drug, mm -hmm. never smoked anything before. Mm -hmm. You have a stock, and you're you can't cross the border. Yeah. It's up to their discretion for sure, right? And if they don't like the cut of your jib, they could just send you packing. Well, and now I hear that. So if the products and the state are both um, legalized, yeah. the border's not because it's federal. The border is yeah. always federal yeah. and it's not. And those, those border crossing guards are federal employees and have the power to ban you. Yeah. They can just straight up say no. Or they can say, give me your phone. Oh, I want to look through your phone messages, right? Yeah. And if you don't, then you got to turn around and leave, right? Yeah. I know a guy who um, had a position with a company and basically it was a really good position with the company and basically once this whole border issue came up, had to forfeit this position because he's got a place in the States and in order to continue having that place in the States, yeah. you have to go there so many so many times a year, so many days in the year and he goes down there every winter and he now he can't. I just heard the same thing about an organic company. This company that grows generally like fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. they can now grow pot. So they're probably going to. Yeah. This guy's a dual citizen. Well, he can't work there anymore. You Shit. can't grow your own weed yeah. and be going back. It's so funny, like uh, the bureaucracy of all that. And like, it's how many states have legalized it now? Like it's yeah. probably close to 20, I think. I don't know. In that range, I think anyway. But it's just, and the whole world is going that way anyway. So, I mean... I don't know. I don't pretend to know, but I guess listen to the ATP podcast. Yeah, exactly. We'll learn, maybe we'll learn something out of that. That was the best plug they've got so far. <laughs> well, Carmen, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate you coming to chat with me. Pleasure's all mine. It's been good getting to know you a little bit more, and I'm excited to to hang when you're back from Halifax and yeah. from Australia, and uh, we'll go to have, have another wine night at Joey's. I like it. We'll yeah. share all the stories. Yeah. Oh, but see, you're gonna you're gonna come back with a good wine taste in your mouth because you're gonna go there. Although you'll be surprised because I drink a fair bit of wine here, mm -hmm. and when going there, I thought, oh, I'm gonna get all the wines, but they still have tiers of wine like we do. Right. So it's the same thing, okay. and in. Uh, where was I? Brisbane. Brisbane, they were way more New Zealand wines than they were. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So what's, like, I'm not going to go there and drink Yellowtail, right? Like, no. So what are, what are the wineries that you think I should I'm gonna, I'll send you pictures. I took pictures okay. of the labels because yeah. there's some really good ones. Yeah. And which part of the country do they grow the wine in there? Um, East south. Or, east, south? South. Okay. Yeah. Okay. South. So by Melbourne? Yeah. So there's wineries in Melbourne. I doubt my buddy and I are going to go wine tasting at a winery, but it's good that. to know that, right? Will you surf? Like, will you surf? Will you go I really any? want to. That's like, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a list of things that are like kind of like must-dos while I'm there. Surfing is at the top. I want at least two like solid full days out on the water. That'd be cool. Um, and then skydiving. 
And really? Yeah, I've never done it, and I think that's the perfect place because you you can do it either in Australia or New Zealand. There's lots of good places. I found like a ton of options. Oh, that just makes me ill. I'm that's so good. excited. I'm like I'm a recovering adrenaline junkie. Oh. I used to be a lot worse when I was younger. Like when I was 26, I got my first motorcycle, had it for two years, just crotch rocket, and finally gave it up because I'm like, look, I haven't crashed it in two years. I'm it's, happy. It's I, not when. I it's not did, if. It's when. I, yeah, exactly. I did my thing, and mm-hmm. I'm done with that but I still want to do the skydiving and bungee jumping. And I, those are my I top I think I would skydive before I bungee jump. Most people are the other, no, mo, you, that's right. That's what most people are. Cause bungee jumping, it's scarier cause you see the bottom. And also the yanking back. Oh yeah. And I hear that you lose vitamin D when you do that. Cause it's <laughs> what? what it's such a shock to your system. You go splotchy? Someone was just, were you, were we talking about this? No. Is that what you're going to say? No, that's funny. Someone just told me you go splotchy when you bungee jump. I can't remember who that was. I mean. Maybe that's the vitamin D deficiency. Yeah. I don't know. No, it doesn't. Nope. Okay, so what happens when you lose this vitamin D? Where does it go? You just have to replenish it. Come out of your nose? (laughs) What do you mean you lose vitamin D? Well, I think it's like you you spend it. Like you think, like think of like when you go through like an adrenaline rush. Okay. Your body spends. Yeah. All the energy. Yeah. But then why are extreme athletes in such good shape? Because they've been high their whole lives. Ah, high on life. Or other things. (laughs) Or both. (laughs) Yeah. Depends what they can and cannot get away with. That's true. What's tested for? Is it performance enhancing? Well, not really. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you're going to send me the list of wines. Mm -hmm. And you're going to send me other cool things to do in Australia. And what am I sending you? Anything cool? You should always send me cool things. Um, let's see what I can do. Continued witty banter. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate you as well. <laughs> see you, Carmen. Bye.